This is Radio Free Istvan. The following public service announcement is direct from the Praetorian. Do not look directly at the Black God machines. Any dreams of paradise should be duly ignored and combat stims taken immediately. Remember, all defectors will be shot on sight. Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners, and welcome to episode 175 of the Radio Freest Van podcast, a horse heresy wargaming podcast. My name is Michael. I got my co-host Derek here. Let's say what's going on, Derek. Man, I don't know about y'all, but that intro gets me pumped every time because <laughs> I hit it hard. Oh yeah, it sucks when we have to do it twice because it doesn't feel authentic the second time. And I try and give it the same energy, but uh, it never really works out. I mean, just riding off the energy, the intro music coming right into it, just bam. Yeah, it. hits it hard. So what's going on, everybody? We owe you a little bit of an apology, uh, mainly on my end. I feel like I've been unavailable. Really? Because I have been... Uh, that That's interesting because I feel like I've been unavailable. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Do you remember last episode where we kind of went off in like this like deep talk and like, I should build a robot? Yeah. I did. I, I absolutely that. did. Yeah. It works now. It does exactly what it's supposed to. Yeah. But I've been deep into that. Oh, and yeah. Then, Everybody active in the Discord, they've seen it. They, <laughs> they've seen it locked up in your cat room. Yeah, man. Uh, it pops. You can pop balloons with it now. It's it's a whole thing. It's a good time. Uh, but also, you know, at the end of the year, you've got Thanksgiving. You've got family weekends. You've got to do this, that. Oh, yeah. Work's coming to an end. But finally, we can get back in rotation. Everything's kind of straightened out a little bit feeling good feeling that's good that's good I, I know on my end uh i've not talked to anybody really about it but i know towards that that kind of holiday season end of year just my mental health just kind of takes a nosedive bro for real man like even in look so so i've i've used the uh mental health part of our discord for the first time mm-hmm. where i was like i'm not feeling this it getting dark at six o'clock and like you just kills the mood for anything yeah. it, it's a real thing that I, i've looked into i've not like been diagnosed with anything but i definitely feel symptoms uh parallel to what they call seasonal affective disorder yes where, or sad <laughs> yeah that hit the nail on the head the, the, yeah. the sads and yeah just i mean i'm fine uh it's just you know that weather hits Everything's going on. I just kind of, I just kind of isolate. Same, same. So yeah, so this podcast momentarily deferred because of sad. Happens. It happens. I'm, I'm, but I would say that given the, you know, unfortunate podcast delay, uh, Discord stays popping. Oh, all the time. Discord is live. It stays popping. We're still, I still work on hobby stuff. I got a ton of hobby progress we're going to talk about this episode. Uh, it gets shared daily in that Discord because I need that gratification of telling somebody telling me I'm doing a good job. So. I am uh, less adept at the social medias. Oh yeah, yeah. So we just working on it. Reach out to you, check on you, make sure Derek's okay, and <laughs> thumbs hope, up emoji. Hope Kayla's out there making her sweet, sweet some sort of food. Dude, she's been killing it with the soups lately. I I know. I had the potato soup last time you were here, and oh. it was amazing. Oh yeah, she she works magic with them. Those weren't bacon bits; those were bacon chunks, dude. Those uh, chunks of ham steak. Well, it was amazing. Yeah, because it like the the best part of bacon. It was only that. Oh yeah, yeah. You get none of the gristle and all the all the protein. I don't know what ham steak is. We're gonna have to talk about that later. Oh yeah, we'll pop into the the food channel on the Discord and uh, educate me on some ham steak. Enlightened on some ham steaks. 
So speaking of the Discord, guys, do want to give you guys an update on what's going on there. Uh, as usual, it's been popping off. It's been a great time in there. We are still doing our monthly painting competitions. I do want to give a shout out to powerful, yes. powerful Joey and his mm. last month. The category was champion. Yes. And so that's how you interpreted that. You know, you could be a champion goblin. It could be a champ. Just what you interpret as a champion. And so in this case, last month we had a powerful Joey come through he won with his excellent paint. It's uh, oh. uh, Emperor's Children Champion. Beautiful purple highlights. Uh, yeah, gold just, trim. It's just a feast for the eyes. Yeah, and all of this is community voted. We have the whole community. We have the whole Discord gets to vote for free. You get to enter for free, and then because of our uh, excellent Patreon supporters, we can give. Uh, in this case, he wanted Element Games sent fifty dollars for him. Oh, that's dope. and so he gets to go spend fifty bucks at Element Games uh, for his uh, beautiful model. I, I will say that one of the things that I was most excited about this uh, previous month with the champion role was there was a number of entries. Oh yeah, we we got a lot a lot crossing the finish line on that one. Yeah, I mean Joey did take the cake, but there were some other ones that were in there. Uh, powerful Duncan and his uh, uh, mm. his Ralderon. We also have uh, 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 Sevatar from Craig. That's a good looking Sevatar. With I, I would say that the dead Imperial Fist on the base is like a close third place for this entire <laughs> for this entire like yeah that is the nicest imperial fist i see painted and he's decapitated on the bottom of sevatar's base oh yeah so excellent work <laughs> there guys y'all, y'all did all everybody did i will say and i want you to give a shout out to a powerful 60 turkeys in a trench coat in the discord yeah um you have come so far and and, and inside of our discord we actually have a group or i guess it's a it's a it's a page that's called roast my models yeah that's where you want the uh the least i, I guess the least padded criticism yeah we you want constructive criticism but also give it to me straight what do i need to work on and almost at this point almost for like a full year at this point 60 turkeys in a trench coat has come to that specific part of the discord and said roast my models and people tear into him he gets constructive criticism and he's gone essentially from like first grade art to like (laughs) (laughs) to like college level painting like this guy That's, that's that's what i like about the discord is just seeing that the growth yeah i think growth i think is the name of the game with this like that's just been the most incredible thing for me to see. He's tried every technique. Like this is truly watching a, a painter grow in front of us. And this month he entered into the uh, entered into the contest, and um, definitely, definitely proud to see him in there. It, uh, yeah, good job, sixty turkeys. Good job. It, it's excellent, excellent progress on your side. Beautiful. Yeah. So, like I said, we we in our uh, our small break, there's been it has not slowed down in the Discord. The the monthly painting competitions have been going right on schedule. The December one has been up. December is full throttle. Yeah. So that is the 
you still have 10 days, 11 days to get into the December category. If you want to paint up a model, the category is full throttle. If that's going to be a bike, a land speeder, if you want to do just something that's a vehicle really fast, it could just be a dude running pretty, pretty quickly. Full tilt. Full tilt. Uh, but the category is full throttle and however you interpret it this Anime month. running, Naruto running Dreadnought. It could be, man. It could be. <laughs> and so uh, hop on. It's free to enter. It's uh, $50 to your local gaming club uh, if you do get first place on there. Some months we do multiple places. It just depends on how we're feeling. Uh, sometimes we do multiple categories. It just really, you know, yep. whatever happens, happens. So uh, uh, get in there, hop in. Just go to warhammerdiscord.com in any of your browsers. It'll take you straight to our Discord. Just warhammerdiscord.com. Yeah, just straight to the invite link. Yeah, we're, we're pretty good at, you know, making it easy for you guys. So that being said, uh, what's going on this episode? We are going to give you guys some uh, hobby updates, what we've been working on in this little hiatus we have. That's quite a bit. I'll be honest with you guys. There's quite a bit. Um, there is a mega battle talk that we do. I do want to talk about that. We oh, just yeah. did both playing in yesterday. Had a blast. Mm-hmm. And then time. was it yesterday? No day before yesterday. It was, uh, yeah. Day before yeah. Yesterday. I'm all mixed up in days right now. Or that holiday vacation. Yeah. And then, uh, we're going to go over some of the FAQ. Yes. Uh, just some of the updates on the FAQ. We're going to talk about some of the things that still need to be FAQ'd. Uh, and just kind of go over just what what our thoughts are on that. And yeah, I think just, that just should a, just a quick little reflective on that. And I think that should pretty much take up the the full episode there. Oh yeah. So you want to start off with hobby updates? Yeah. So my hobby has been uh, shamefully lax in this little break. Okay. Uh, I've been kind of hit from all angles with stuff with the house, chasing my dad around, doing PA stuff with him, and then just family stuff around the holidays. I've I've just kind of had all my plates spinning. Sure. Uh, I have been getting Battletech stuff printed up here starting in the new, in the new year. We're going to be doing a Battletech campaign that Bud's running at the shop. Lovely. And he wanted to get some 3D terrain for that. And he found some files for some just kind of simple geometry. Yeah. And I think his plan, so they match up to the maps in some of the boxes. So I've been running those off. And I think his plan is to take those maps. He's got scans of them, have those printed off, cut out and glued to the top of the uh, the elevation hexes. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So it'll be the same map, just kind of like 3Dified just a little bit. Lovely. Yeah. And then there's also a couple of, couple of like terrain pieces and just kind of interesting uh, objectives. He's having me print out for that, like drop ships mm-hmm. and all the, all the cool files for those that have been all over the internet, which uh, I didn't realize they did for the Kickstarter, the uh, Catalyst Games Kickstarter. They have uh, some map scale drop ships for those as well. I did not know that either. Yeah, they they've been chugging on the. the Is, I'm guessing the the leopard, the leopard and the union, the big ball. They have a full scale union map drops. scale. Oh, map scale, map okay. scale. So okay. for those who don't know with BattleTech, the mechs and the maps are not to the same scale. So like a mech, a map scale mech would be about like a third or a quarter of the height of a miniature. That you yes, get. yes. So. Just kind of been helping him out with that and uh, running that off in plastic. The resin printer, I've still not been able to get the screen back up on that. And I just, in changing the locations, I haven't set up my full like cleaning station yet. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying to like avoid having that mess as long as possible. Sure. And thankfully I haven't had anything too crazy I've been needing to print out with the resin just yet. Um, I've got some stuff I've been working on. So they've been having stuff going off at the shop. Like they just kicked off. 
with this past weekend, that mega battle we played in, they're having kind of a series of events going on, tying in with uh, 30K and 40K. Yep. So uh, the local shop owner, Ryan, he got with me, and I'm doing some stuff with him for that. Some models I've been working on that he's going to debut. Secret stuff. Yeah, fun surprises. Love it. But aside from that, uh, I got a couple games play tested with my uh, my weird Death Guard list. I've been getting some feedback on that. Been reached out to people on Discord for some feedback on kind of, hey, here's my list. Kind of, what do I need to do with this? And I've been getting a lot of good information on that. I think probably next episode, I'll pull back the curtain on that a little bit. Nice. Okay. But other than that, I've just been kind of swamped with uh, real life stuff going on. Yeah. I mean, it'll do too much hobby. That's pretty cool, man. So some of the terrain that you're printing up, it's, it's going on the little resin printers or what? No, it's just uh, chugging on with the plastic. It's okay. just very simple, like hex elevation geometry for Battletech. Okay. So you're just doing FDM printing? Oh, yeah. Just running that off at like the, the base draft settings. So it's just literally how Super fast. Super fast, yeah. How fast can I run this off? Because it just needs to support, you know, a small model. Yeah, no, absolutely. What size uh, nozzle are you using? Uh, just the standard 0.4. Okay. Okay. And if, just for the, y'all listening right now that are familiar. If I had a 0.8, I'd use it. Yeah. That's what I was wondering if you would just scale up to 0.8. Yeah. I just, I hadn't ordered it. All I've got is the stock nozzle. And I've actually been looking into it. And a lot of people are saying that the 0.8 aren't like, like a bigger nozzle isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think I have a 0.8. Cause you can, you or can a get. Or 0.6. Oh, that's what. Yeah. So, but uh, like I was looking into it, I didn't realize that with a larger nozzle, you can get more aggressive overhang. Yes, because it's a lot more plastic. Makes sense when you look at it. It's like, okay, you have more plastic overlapping. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense when you think about it. Turns out I just didn't think about it. Yeah, but also droops hardcore whenever. Yeah. Because gravity and lots of plastic work out pretty well. Yeah, some things are more intuitive than others, but. Yeah, but if you're playing, especially if you're printing something that's like essentially not getting bigger as it increases in height. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to like no overhang because you're not really printing with supports, I guess, because it's truly no. just flat. Yeah, it's just hexa- hexagon boxes. Yeah, yeah. And if it's just literally the hexes of elevation just pushed up through the map. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would try that. For those of you that are listening and you're like, what the heck are these guys talking about? When you think about an FDM printer, which is actually the, the printer with the nozzle that yeah, the, poops the out a little of, bit of pr- plastic. Yeah, the plastic filament spools. Yeah, with, you, with the nozzle size, you can go with bigger nozzles. It's just you have to imagine that that string of plastic that's coming out gets thicker. Mm-hmm. And so those layer lines are a lot more obvious when you go with those bigger nozzles. So a lot of people will go with smaller nozzles for finer details but when you're printing kind of utility utility items like uh uh like in this case prototypes or simple geometry terrain yeah it makes sense to switch to a bigger nozzle because what happens is if you think about a 0.4 nozzle it's it's got a four millimeter nozzle it's going to print a 0.4 millimeter area at a time and a 0.8 millimeter nozzle is going to print double. So basically, you essentially almost get double the speed out of the printing because it doesn't have to cover the same area multiple times. It can, it's it's a lot quicker. Maybe it, double or like quadruple, depending on how the measurement. On it, it it's technically like way up there in quadruple time. Like. Yeah, because when you go to like uh, square millimeters, but if that's the measurement of the diameter, geometry gets weird. Yeah, because you're you're looking at all 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 quadrants are getting bigger. Yeah, so it's going to be bigger, but, taller, so bigger, wider. So it's laying down more plastic, so it can go a little faster. Going faster means the hot end isn't on the part as often. Yep. 
So areas might droop a little less from that, or they might droop more from there being more plastic overhanging. But the bead itself might overhang better because there's more plastic overlapping on the layer beneath it. That's the thing with FDM printing. There's a lot more dials to turn. That's why the the SLA, the resin printing, is a little easier to just kind of plug and play. Yeah. Because that you got your Z height, you've got your your layer settings. And I think that the, at the I feel like at this point, like it, it it may be like a is there more hands or feet kind of situation. Yeah. But I feel like at this point there is may there more, be more, is there more doors or more wheels. Yeah. In the world? I feel like there's more SLA printers out there now than there are FDM printers. FDM printers have been uh, they've been ratcheting up though. Well, yeah, I think uh, I, I have not looked at like modern FDM printers since the Anycubic i3 Mega and the uh, the. Oh, uh, what's the other one that was like kind of the benchmark for a while? Ender. Yeah, the Ender Three. That's yeah. right. And I've not, I haven't looked at them since. And then the other day, somebody was showing me like what what's out there now, and it's like you got auto auto leveling. Yeah, you've yeah. got the the mesh. The bamboo ones are wild now. Yeah, like that's kind of the new gold standard. I hear is like that level of printing. Yeah, the cobras, the cobras are super nice for mini cubic. The it, bamboos are super nice. It makes what I'm doing look like I'm banging rocks together. I mean, re- really, you know, at this point, how fast this stuff iterates. It, it, what's crazy is we're getting to the point where like. Were you having to level your bed? Somebody's gonna go. What are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm I'm leveling the bed. It's like, why? It's like, oh, because mine doesn't have auto level. It's like, well, I didn't know it did. I didn't know you could get an option that didn't have auto level. It's like people who drive automatic cars go into yeah, a standard. Yeah, yeah. And like, uh, what? <laughs> you know? Exactly. Exactly. Like you could hand this printer to somebody who's only done the bamboo stuff and like. What do you mean? I have to turn dials? What are these knobs for? What are these knobs? I'm supposed to push print. That's what I do. It's like Back to the Future. Oh, you use your hands. This is a game for babies. How, what? How, <laughs> where do I put the extra color spools? <laughs> yeah, it only prints my, one I, color. Yeah, I've got my cyan, my magenta, and my yellow spools. Where do those go, <laughs> dude? For real, that's, a, that's some of those bamboos are multicolor now yeah, too. Yeah, that you, I'm jo- that's a joke, but that's kind of not a joke. Like I was looking at the settings in the uh, the updated slicers, where it's like, oh, you can have your color changes happen inside the model, so the outside model has a crisp color. I'm like what? Yep. What do you, color change? Word. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, but yeah, just kind of building off of uh, the terrain I got printed up for uh, Warzone. That I just kind of been focusing on the plastic, just because I've I've really been enjoying not having to make hazardous waste from prints. Yeah. No. Yeah. Just. Pop it off and then take all the old stuff. And I mean, with FDM printing, you could even, there's kits that let you melt it down and make your own spools now. Oh, yeah. Recycle your, your, uh, leftovers, your supports. Yeah. But most, most of my hobby progress has been in theory rather than in practice, unfortunately. That's still fun. I like to sit down and lay on my, my bed or my chair sometimes and just crack open a list and say, that'd be pretty crazy. Yeah. But no, it did feel good working on uh, what I've been working for uh, Ryan at the shop. I sat down and got a bunch of work done on that. I'm like, you know, I missed this. I needed this. Yeah, no, I feel that. Uh, I did pick up one of the things we're doing for Battletech is going to be a uh, blind mech, like a blind box mech battle royale. So they've got the arena from one of the boxes and uh, they're doing the little blind boxes they do. So with the plastic, whenever they run off a run of the plastic mechs and one of them kind of fails... They take the rest of them and they push those off to go be in, go be put into the blind boxes. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. So for like $10, you get a blind box of just a random mech from this series or this series or this series. 
So at the shop, they got a, they got a, a kicker of those. It's How a, much is a normal mech by itself that isn't blind? Um, so it depends on the kit you get them in. I don't think they sell them in the singles, but you get them for about six bucks a mech, give or take. Bucks are like 25, 30 bucks, depending and, on if there's like four or five or six mechs in there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's the, a really good business model. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They average like six to $8 a mech based on the box. And then 10 bucks, you get a blind box. So a bunch of us for, who are going to be doing this kicked in, got a blind box. And hey, that's the mech you put in the battle royale. Is it big? Does a lot of damage? Cool. You're also a bigger target. That's tight, dude. It's kind of like playing a draft, but not. Yeah, it's pretty close to a draft idea. Yeah. Yeah. If you could do like multiple, like a what are the three mechs called? They're called a oh, like star a or, a star? or lance. Which one's smaller? Star. A lance is four. A star is five. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So if you could do a a, a, like a lance draft. draft, yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah, I think they wanted to have elements of that, but not... Uh, Make everybody spend 50 bucks? Hey, all those mechs you just bought? Yeah, no, we're going to do... Uh, you're going to kick those into the pile. And you get what you get. <laughs> yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. But yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm not 100% sure when we're going to start kicking that off, just because I've I've not been on Discord lately. I've, I've been bad at social media. No, that's good. That's but good. But I'm, I'm trying to get, get back into the groove with it. Well, all right. Yeah, that's me. What you've been working on. Dude, so much, so much. Uh, so for starters, uh, one of the big things, like I think since we last had spoke, um, so I got a, a pretty hefty, uh, pretty hefty amount of uh, 40K Space Marines uh, from Powerful Will. Mm-hmm. Now, they were painted Ultramarines, so I had to strip them down because <laughs> I wanted them to be Blood Angels. Uh, now, here's the thing. Powerful Will, yeah, he uses... I'm, I'm 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 sure at this point I haven't talked to him or confirmed this, but I feel like he uses uh, Army Painter Blue primer. Okay, and I don't know if you've used any Army Painter primer, but that stuff is hard. Like mm. it sticks to plastic, like a like a hard coated shell. Okay, like it stays. All right, okay, it's very difficult to get off. I think that's one of their main selling points for it's, it. It's very, very good. So it's a robust coat. Yeah, a robust coat. And so I got this collection and decided I'm going to start stripping these models because there's models in here that I want to use. And so I, I, I've kind of been sitting on it for a while. I think what this trade happened back like a little bit before October. Okay. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to start stripping some of these models. I want some of these uh, Blade Guard veterans. They're getting kind of cool. I want, you know, I need bikers. So, I, you know, I start pulling these models out and I start going to strip them. And, like, my go-to stripper is L.A. Totally Awesome. Oh, yeah. That, that came from Scott Switzer, mm-hmm. told me about that. I've been using it ever since. About six bucks for got a it. giant bottle of it. Got it at your local Dollar General. It's excellent, right? And so I'm thinking, you know what, dude? I'm big on TikTok, you know, like, as far as, like, that's where I show a lot of my hobby progress. I'm not big, but, like... Like yeah, that's you're where heavily involved, heavily involved in like showing off what I work on on TikTok, and so I was like, I'll make a TikTok video, you know, show these people how to strip yeah. some models, no problem, easy peasy. So I make this video, LA totally awesome, bam, throw it in, drop the model in. I'm like, and then eight hours later, you come back, you get your toothbrush, it comes right off. What? Oh, it didn't come off. Nothing oh, no. came off. Oh no! And nothing. I was like, no, bro, nothing. Mm. And I was like. Wait a minute. So not only is the primer stuck to the model, but all the other paint, it's like, no, 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 you're stuck. You're staying here. Well, no, like, so all of the, 
<laughs> like all of the stuff that was above the primer. So like the, yeah, the like, trim details, yeah, lenses, eyes, lenses, the metallics, the, everything that right off. Okay. So it just took it down to the primer and then that's as far as yeah, you Yeah. So I just got like a blue coated shell of primer. And so I was like, I was like, okay, we okay, have okay, 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 advanced right. stripping. This is stripping 102 we're about to go into, right? <laughs> it's a teachable moment. And so I was like, okay, uh, I've dealt with this before. You know, this isn't the first time. But I knew the last time I had to deal with Army Painter, I had to use a dot three brake fluid, which was classic. Do you remember back in high school, that was the stripper of yeah. choice? Yeah, so I think by the time I started stripping models, we had moved on to Simple Green. Yes, okay. The, the undiluted general purpose cleaners. Yes, okay. But brake fluid was kind of the whole the thing for the while. That so was the, the, uh, the bottom line. Like, that was the, if I need this stuff stripped, you get dot three brake fluid. So I was like, I'm going to hold that in reserve. I don't need that now. Because essentially I came back with the LA totally awesome and I was like, wow, it didn't work. And then on TikTok, people can comment from all different ends of the the internet and they're like, You're such an idiot. You should have used isopropyl alcohol, dummy. And I was like, Okay, that's my fault, you know? Like I I isopropyl alcohol must be the go-to in the UK because apparently this person sounded confident when they were yelling at me. They were like, isopropyl alcohol is the safest way. And so like I made a TikTok where I was like, this is what you do. Like I took a lighter to LA totally awesome and nothing happened. And then I took a lighter to isopropyl and went, I was like, Oh yeah, that's why it's definitely not safer, but I get what you're saying. And so I got some, went and got 99% isopropyl alcohol, dropped the model in there. I went and got purple power. Dropped the model in there. I went and got simple green. Dropped the model in there. And I just had like a shootout. Like, which one of these is going to get this army painter off of there? Guess which one worked? Is it the simple green? None of them. Oh. That's right. Oh. None of them. Damn it. Two days and all of them and <laughs> nothing happened. Did it soften the army painter? Absolutely it softened it a little bit. I could go in there with a nail and I could scratch this off. But we're not about to do that. To I'm not about to. Yeah, no, I'm not about to wire brush some army painter. <laughs> That's how you lose detail, right? <laughs> you get the brass wire brush. So, but like, granted, every single one of them—the trim, the lenses, the screens, whatever—anything that was on there that was above the ar- the primer itself came right off, popped right off, easy peasy. All of them did their job. All of them did good. Purple power though instantaneous i don't know what's in purple power just be careful i actually got a degreaser hold on one second like a like a hardy professional degreaser because that's what the la is totally awesome is meant for is like cleaning and degreasing so so one second here let me find it for you because i was wondering i was like man i thought there was another one that i used in there as well it's like some real some real hardy industrial stuff okay heavy duty butyl degreaser now, butyl, oh. butyl is the chemical ingredient that actually, like, debonds, like, grease and all that jazz. And there's usually, like, 5% butyl in, like, a, uh, L.A. Totally Awesome and stuff like that. Well, apparently this is, like, 40%. Like, it's so way up straight there. Yeah, it's straight up there. Wear your gloves, right? <laughs> you lose the skin. <laughs> Don't breathe this. And so this guy on a TikTok, uh, uh, he told me, he's like, you got to use this. This is, like... You normally have 5% in these. This is the, the big stuff, the big boy stuff. When they ship it to you from Amazon, it's got to, like, come on its own box. It's serious stuff. I was like, yeah, cool. Sign me up. I'll, I'll go strip models with it. Didn't work either. Okay. Mm. So, Army Painter, 
you make a good primer. It's right? Tonka tough. It's Tonka tough. <laughs> so during this, you know, I'm getting frustrated. I'm at a whole nother level of, well, this is annoying. So I go to my local hardware store or I guess in this auto store. I was like, you know what? Like I went to the I went to the Daka Daka threads from 2005, <laughs> and they right and they've told me you know dot three brake fluid is the only thing that can get rid of army pain. They're like Thanos, like you couldn't live with your failure. So where did that bring you? Right back to me. Right back to me. <laughs> so so yeah. So I have to go get dot three brake fluid, and I'm like, let's see how fast this stuff works. Eight hours later, strip clean, <laughs> right down to the bone. That's how dad did it. That's uh, how America does it. Yeah, don't if you change your brakes, don't get it on your paint because it'll take it off. <laughs> so I mean, eight hours, stripped it clean. I in this meantime, and like during all of this, I'm looking for different ways to strip models. And I just so happened to run across this dude on YouTube who is like he's he's like a famous YouTuber now. I can't recall his name immediately, but he in the UK would as a service strip models for people. Okay. Like in the UK. All right. You send them to him, he strips them to you, sends them back, but he would get a lot of third party or like, it's like secondhand models. He would strip them, paint them, clean them up, do all that jazz. But he was using a blast cabinet. Okay. It's like he was hitting it with a sandblaster with media and all that jazz. Except he was using uh, iron oxide and, you know, like really low pressure and all this stuff. And I thought to myself, I have a blast cabinet. I would love to try this. This looks very useful. And so I went down this like whole trail of like the different medias, what level of media, how the media is weighted, all this jazz. And finally, I just came on to I'm either going to use soda as a media, walnut. Or glass, which is like right in the middle. You have sodas a little bit harder. You have walnut, which is crushed walnuts, which is like the softest of them all. Like crushed walnut shells, specifically. Yeah, crushed walnut shells. Yeah. And then uh and the very middle. <laughs> That's like crack it open and like take a bite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. Throw it in. Uh, spit good, it spit good. it out. Spit it spit into the gun. Yeah, it's good for the environment. And so and then the, the very middle of them is uh crushed glass and different levels of crushed glass. And my in this case I have 4070 and 4070 is the amount of particulates that will fit in a line in a, in an inch. So 70 in a line will fit in an inch and it's in between 40 and seven It's 40 and 70 will fit in that inch. Okay. So it's a, like a mixture. Okay. Now Delarosa, Josh Delarosa, powerful Grim brothers, powder coating. Yeah. For all of your Warhammer 40 K cup needs, powder coating needs, anything like that. Get a hold of Grim Brothers powder coating. Powder he, coating, laser cutting. Yeah, whatever you need, he'll do it. Oh, yeah. So he does a lot of blasting. So I kind of reached out to him, picked his head a little bit. Hey, what would you do? And so he, he was kind of, you know, I think you probably want to use soda. And so I was like, okay, well, Josh is wild. So I'm going to take a step back. But I think we're on the right path where he's, you know, so. Uh, so I ended up deciding to use black the blast cabinet and then i was gonna go okay i'm gonna start very very low in pressure and so this guy on on youtubes he's using 80 pounds of pressure so i started at 50 and it wasn't really doing much and then i switched to 60 wasn't really it was getting it off but very very slowly and finally i moved up to 80 and so i've been stripping my models down now that like that army painter stuff 
comes right off. Primer comes right off. And so I, I've been blasting models that I want stripped with this uh, sandblasting kit now. And I have the shop space. It's available, all that jazz. So it's not really a, like it's just a little area in my shop that I set up for stripping models now. And you got to use it. I sure did. Now, it is a monitored experience, right? Versus yes. putting something in dot three brake fluid, waiting for it to strip off, and then getting your toothbrush and wiping it all off. Work-wise, how would you compare doing that to stripping a model with brake fluid? Or So between physically and chemically stripping the model, I'd say the amount of work that I have to physically do to it, it's a, at least with the experience, the very brief experience I had, it took a little bit more effort with the media blasting, mm-hmm. but that's also cuts out the hours and hours of it sitting in the chemicals to right. chemically strip the model. Right. And then the mess and the cleanup and the hassle of stripping models. And then, yeah. Cause like you throw a towel on your lap, you sit it and you brush it and then, your simple green or whatever leaked through the towel in your pants. And now you're thinking, is this going to fuck me up? Cause it got on my leg a little bit. Do I need to go take a bath right now. Like, I don't know what happens if I let it sat here for a while. My leg, it's a little wet a minute. You know, you got questions, right? Yeah. And I mean, that stuff is usually, if I don't use anything too, too crazy. A lot of the uh, primer coats I'm using are just the really thin, the Steinle res, your airbrush primer. So I don't have anything where I need too much heavy lifting to get off. Right. Yeah. But, I'm also not doing eBay miniature rescues and things like, and getting trades where I don't know what's primed with. I'm not dealing with army painter Tonka tough primer. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, so yeah. So I think it definitely is worth saving the week of experimenting with the chemicals. Yeah. So, so I think it's a solid investment. I am a little bit concerned that the glass particulates getting free. That is, that was my next bullet point. Uh, I know some people use crushed glass for like snow effect. Yes. Because it gives you the right scale with it that you just don't get with some of the powders and you get the right reflections. But also I've seen the, seen the huge warning labels on doing all that process. Yeah. So, so there is something to be said there. Probably should end up switching to walnut at some point. But right now, hopefully somebody listening to this episode is going to be like, Hey, this is why you don't use crushed glass unless you're in a, <laughs> like, unless you're in a full chemical suit. I mean, they sell it at Harbor freight, so I can't imagine it's <laughs> so dangerous. I mean, they also sell welding stuff at Harbor freight. Hey man, they sure do. They sure <laughs> that, do. That don't make it not dangerous. <laughs> so I don't know. It's been a fun experiment. I haven't really stripped too much from it, but like I, I do like the speed at which I can kind of get some paint off of there. And oh yeah, well and, once you once you got me going, like oh you're not blasting anything right now because you're actually the hose isn't in there. Yeah, like once you got me set up where I'm actually doing stuff, it actually went really quick. I, that was all. What I was thinking is, uh, I feel like it's about the same level of work as brushing the model. Yeah. Except yeah, I, I think once if once you get good at it, it's a relatively comparable amount of actual work. Yeah, agree. and then this is contained. You don't have the chemicals. You don't have the extra setup of like okay, well, it's got to soak. And, and like honestly, the the big the big feedback that I got from a lot of people that I said I was going to start sandblasting my model was, I'm going to wear the model down. Like I'm going to remove all the detail from the model and all that stuff. So the model that I picked up, you said, hey, grab that one and just start going at it. It had resin details that were glued to the plastic. Mm-hmm. None of those suffered any damage. The, it had cork basing. 
the took the paint off of that, but other than that, the basing was intact completely. Yeah. I've tried, like, I think if you sit in the same spot for a very long time, there is the potential to wear it down. But I tried to wear out a mold line with the glass media for like 10 seconds in the same spot, and it would not wear it down. So I think you have to be pretty, um, pretty aggressive, aggressive and kind of like ignorant on what you're doing to ruin a model. Uh, even down to like, you know, the Primaris Marines, they have the vents on their faces, yeah. the six vents. Kind of like the Mark IV helmets. Yeah, they have those little vents on there. Yeah, so I've stripped those inside. Like the inside has been stripped out of paint, and they're still there ready for painting. You can tell that they were Hell yeah. cleaned out. So it's been an interesting experience. Yeah, I know a lot of people, uh, I've seen some people use it like uh, Samson for the, the Titans that he did. That's part of his process, I think, for a while was... Uh, because with resin, if you have like a gate or a uh, seam, like a mold slip or something that you clean up with files and you refinish it, mm-hmm. like it'll be smooth, but it'll be a different kind of finish to the rest of the model. Yeah. So I think I think what he used it for was for giving it a consistent finish after cleaning up those parts. Okay, that makes sense. So I know you can get aggressive enough where you can do stuff, especially with the resin, which I think is a little softer than the plastic. Yeah. But even then, some of those resin details on the model I was messing with, the way you had it set up, they were fine. They didn't take any damage. It just took the paint right off. Yeah. In YouTube, that guy that did it, he actually uh, media blasted a Corax, Mm -hmm. a a forge-rolled Corax. Okay. And did not lose any of the definition, didn't lose any, didn't soften anything like that. Okay. It was just a very nice strip model, like a powdery clean strip model. So pretty cool. And I think, I think even then, like if I really wanted to kind of maybe move back to uh, chemical stripping, I would probably still put it in the sandblaster first, then chemically strip it. If I wanted something down to like the most bare plastic, I could get it. So, okay. Big stuff off first and let the chemical handle a little stuff pretty much. Yeah, I suppose. So. Depends on what you're working with. Now I'm just picturing you like doing that to a vehicle and then putting like repainting a Land Raider or something, putting it on the table, and then it like turns over and then like a bunch of glass <laughs> falls out of it. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't breathe that. Oops, don't get that on your... Uh, <laughs> just leave it. It's fine. It's on the snow table. <laughs> they, won't, they won't notice. So that was a big thing that I've been working on and getting that going. Uh, it was 120 bucks, so like 120 bucks gets you the full cabinet. That's not bad. And then uh, uh, 20 bucks in glass media. Hey, little Rich, you see, saw Derek. She's like, I haven't seen Derek in so long. I missed him so much. <laughs> yeah. Look at her. Her winter coat came in all thick. Oh, she's thick with three C's now. Yeah. So uh, that was one of the big things I, I did. I did work on. Um, pretty fun there. On the on the TikTok side, man, mm-hmm. there was a like there, there's a community of TikTokers that are like miniature painters. Like uh, uh, there's this guy named Neath Miniatures. Um, there's a one called Big Nerd. Uh, all all these different creators on there, and there's a pretty nice. I mean, I love the community of like model miniature painters within TikTok. Yeah, because when we go live, you know, like. You can bring them on live with you, and you can go live together, and you just you, like have a co- uh, 
like a cooperative a co- live hobby hangout. Yeah, situation. like like a co-stream that people can chat in on everything like that. It's a good time. Does well, the chat like cross over? Yeah, cross chat everything like that. It's, that is neat. Yeah, it's very it's very nice. I like I like the community. I like kind of the involvement in it and like how it all works out. And, uh, and and even one of the cool things about it is you have to have a thousand subscribers to go live. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's really cool about it is if you're co-streaming and you're live, essentially you can bring another streamer or somebody onto your live who hasn't hit the thousand yet. And you can bring them on and say like, I vouch okay. for this guy. I'm going to go I'm let him go live like, with hey me. Hey guys, if you like me, I think you'll like this person. I think you should go and pump their community. Yeah, and they can join the chat and everything like that. They can they can do their own thing. It's super nice. I, I really like how it works out. That's a really cool system. But the, the community itself is so nice and so, like, welcoming and heartwarming that they, they do these, like, different kind of, like, benefits, right? And so there's this streamer on there called When I Can Hobby, okay? And When I Can Hobby, he's a, a miniature painter. He paints minis on a, his page and all that jazz. And he actually found another TikToker who was, I guess, part of his uh, chat and all that jazz. And they said they're they're called MS Gamer Dad because he has multiple sclerosis and was you know a gamer and all this that jazz. Well, it turns out that MS Gamer Dad has multiple sclerosis and he used to play Warhammer. He was a police officer in the UK. He was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Started messing with his back. He started degrading pretty heavily. And he had a 40K army that he used to play pretty pretty hardcore, you know, enjoyed getting in the hobby, everything like that. And then it came to the point where now he can no longer paint, assemble, mm. can't do anything that he wanted to do except essentially push models around and move them. And so what he was doing was, from, from what I understand, he was using, you know, what money he did have to, like, hire commission painters to put his stuff together and all that stuff. But like, it was very slow moving because he's on uh, kind of the lower end of the income stream because he does like, he's getting government assistance yeah, and all that stuff. Fixed income. Yeah. But you know, he's still a player. Yeah. So, uh, uh, when I can hobby put together a paintathon, And so he got one of his local hobby stores called the Jedi archives to sponsor an entire army for MS Gamer Dad. Hell yeah. And then got a hold of 40 painters, and I was one of the painters. Nice. To each individually paint a model for this guy, MS Gamer Dad. And we had 24 hours to do it. And so we're all, you know, we all had separate time slots that we would go live with uh, with When I Can Hobby and go chat with him and all that jazz. Except he shipped all these models all over the world. I got a, uh, a Primaris Impulsor. And then, like, Big Nerd, he's from Houston. He's one of the guys that I'm pretty good friends with uh, on TikTok. He got some uh, heavy intercessors and things like that. And so within 24 hours, from basically 2 p.m. on a Saturday until 2 p.m., on Sunday the next day, all over the world, 40 painters were supposed to paint their model and get 2,500 points. It actually was like 3,000 was all said and done. 3,000 points of miniatures painted in one day. And then by the end of January, he's going to have his army fully painted and based and all that jazz is, is the plan. So uh, that happened uh, a couple weekends ago. And 
I hopped on, like, I think my time slot was like 11 p.m. Central Time to 12 a.m. Central Time uh, with When I Can Hobby because he's in the U.K. And that's like the morning, the morning slot. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I ended up being on with him from like, me and Big Nerd were on there from like 3 p.m. until like midnight. Like just chatting, talking, and just hanging out, and just live painting on air. And I got my impulsor done. It's a beautiful paint scheme. It was this, uh, basically, Eschen gray was the main color, and then a Jacari, Jacari orange. Jacari. No, no, no. Uh, Jokaro, Joke. Jacaro violet. Yeah, orange, orange. Jacaro orange. Yeah, the the monkey, I, the ape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know those are the, the Jacaro. Jacaro. That's how I say it. I don't know how any of this. The orangutan. Yeah. Jakar? Jakairo? Jokar. It's Jokaro or Jokairo, something like that. I thought it ended with an I. It doesn't matter. The 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 orangutan orange, right? Okay. Uh, orangutan orange was like it's like it's a eschen gray, which is like a really dark gray, and then the orange, and then uh, like blue accents and everything like that. And uh, painted up my impulsor, man. I didn't have any. Games Workshop paints. I don't really mess with Games Workshop right now as far as paints goes. So I used the one-to-one uh, Monument Hobbies version of the paint. Came coupon out excellent. Coupon code 10% off your order. Yeah, 10% off your order. Uh, coupon code RFI for Monument Hobbies. Or you can use coupon code Omicron Samurai. He's another uh, monumental. Or uh, what is the uh, Accountability Buddies one? Uh, Heresy ABB. Heresy ABB for those guys. Try Monument Hobbies, guys. You're going to have a good time. It's one of those things where, of course, you're going to recommend them, that you are sponsored by them. We don't push stuff that we don't use and or like. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, you're going to have a good time. Whenever you find out you love it, then you Un- start using code unless RFI. Unless they pay me, like, a whole lot of money, in which case, I that's still, I genuinely like that. <laughs> yeah, I love that both. Has, hasn't happened yet. <laughs> so, but yeah, coupon code RFI or... Uh, any of the others, it, your 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 favorite heresy content creators are probably monumentals. Yeah, you're gonna have a good time. Yeah, and then once you finally do get it, you're gonna be like, "Why did I wait so long?" Oh yeah. So anyway, uh, that's one of the things uh, I'm waiting on before I get my uh, my setup back up and running is get me some some of that monument. I just monument. made another order. I just got fifty more dollars of monument on the way. Nice. Some stuff I've gone through. You, you, I use this shit out of it. So anyway. So, end up painting this Impulsor. Got that sucker done, man. It was a blast, dude. I love doing stuff like that. I was planning on doing some hobbying anyway, so just knowing that I could hobby for somebody else, and oh, yeah. it was just, I love doing stuff like that. I wish, like, we, we need to do something like that, like yes. a podcast. We need to start doing some charity stuff. Uh, it just gets you hyped up, knowing that, like... Just seeing you, the community support for stuff like that. It's just, that, that's why we do this. Yeah, just knowing you could try new techniques, because, you like... That's one of the big things. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Like one of the big things that like kind of holds you back is like, well, I don't want to change up my painting style because this is how my army looks. I don't want to start doing something different because then it won't match my army. It drives me crazy. I hate doing stuff like that. Uh, and so with that, I was like, man, I've got this. I've kind of adopted this new style of painting tanks for commissions and other people to where I kind of darken just a corner of it and it's, it's a new style that i really enjoy and i've really gotten into edge highlighting recently and so i was like i'm just gonna go full blast edge highlighting you know i'm gonna 
take this to pound town on his model. <laughs> I took some of those sweet, sweet, mighty brush decals that we got in. Oh yeah. So like, I don't know. You don't know what an impulsor looks like, but I sure don't. You've yeah. been saying it a whole time. I'm like, I don't know. It's essentially the Is new the tank. It's the floating rhino. Oh, the El Camino. Yeah. The El Camino rhino, okay. the pickup truck rhino. There yeah. we go. And so on the inside, it's got the computer screen with all that jazz. And so I just completely decked that out. With that some, man's playing Galaga. With some, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I put a, a, like a little radar on there on the inside and everything. It was just a good time. It was, it was such a blast. Uh, throwing decals all over it. I painted the... Uh, uh, it's got a little missile launcher on top, like a little mm-hmm. baby whirlwind launcher on it. Yeah. And around the entire tip of the whirlwind launcher, like the missile launcher, mm-hmm. I, uh, I did uh, the hazard stripes that we got from Mighty Brush. <sighs> And so, yeah, dude, let me show you some Flex. pictures. It was, dude, it was such a fun time because you just got to, it's like, I'm going to keep going. And like, it's normally, I feel like it's normally stuff I wouldn't even do for myself, you know? And it's like, you know what? I'm just going to keep pushing this because this isn't for me. This is for somebody else. It's the best possible way to do it. Look at that little missile launcher. Oh my gosh. Hazard stripes, a little little warning. It's like, hey, this is hot. <laughs> and then, like, look if you're in the back of your truck, you're getting blasted. Oh, you know what? Yeah, anybody <laughs> sitting there is just getting back, just melting their face off. Yeah, it's gonna be a bad time. Uh, let me see if I can get the inside. Yeah, that's what the inside looks like. You can see I did all the. <laughs> oh yeah, you got, you got little status effects and stuff, little radar. Yeah. Solid man, it's a good time. It was a, it was a very good time, but yeah, yeah. So little. Oh, and they're a successor chapter for the. Uh, <laughs> they're a successor chapter for uh, uh, of the white scars. Okay. So I just so happen to have a white scars head lying around. Yeah, but unfortunately, uh, in my head, white scars they have like a a tanner skin, right? Okay. Okay, like you know they're Mongolian ish. So I paint them with tan tan skin. I used advanced flesh tone, which if you haven't gotten advanced flesh tone from uh, from Monument Hobbies, get it. It's probably the best flesh tone. It's like old school. Uh, it's like you know that what you wanted to achieve with the mixture of dwarven flesh and Cadian flesh that right in the middle. Yeah, that's advanced flesh tone. Okay, aka perfect flesh tone. Okay, okay, A perfect tan flesh tone. Yeah. Okay. Well, I did that as a uh, white scar, but I unintentionally, I just wanted the three different types of missiles to be different colors. And so I accidentally a hundred percent unintentionally. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Did the Mexican flag colors. Yeah. The ones on the left are red. The ones in the middle are white. And the ones on the right are green. Unintentional. A hundred percent didn't want, didn't mean to do that. I, I actually, just to be fair, the missile launcher wasn't even on the tank. I was holding it in my hand as I was painting it up. I just wanted three different colors of missiles. So when I put it on, it now looks like a Mexican flag with a with a tanned face, open couple of driver who looks who looks very much like. If you looked at him by himself, yeah, by by himself, like okay, yeah, yeah, he's a Mongolian, yeah. But when you add the Mexican flag in there, now he looks like he's from Breaking Bad. Now, yeah, now he looks yes. Now he looks like one of the brothers from Breaking Bad, who has an Aztec painting on his truck. Like it doesn't look. So I was like, I was like, oh man, that looks uh, definitely. Yeah, let me fix that. 
But the thing is, and what makes it even worse, right? Like, and this is when I say a hundred percent unintentional, like I did not mean for this dude to look like he's driving officially in El Camino his, his bolt in Arizona. Pistol, his bolt pistol has the, the grip from Boondock Saints. No, no. So like, <laughs> dude, so this looks like a, this looks like a Mexican truck is what it looks like. Like to be fair, I painted this model for this UK police officer that looks like a Mexican El Camino, like that I'm shipping to the UK. Unintentional, right? Whoops. Unintentional. It would be just like, I could play off. It's like, wow, that's crazy. It looks like that's a crazy However, during the live stream, okay, there was a lot of talk about like different types of food. And then like naturally what happens if you're from the UK, you're from America, like just, I think one of the things we've seen, especially like even in the discord, everybody kind of like overwhelmingly talks about food and what's like good in the area and all that stuff. Oh yeah. When you mingle with somebody from a different culture, that's, that's one of the things you go to is like, Oh, I what's up with the food. Okay. Well, my big thing was, well, I'm from Texas. Okay, so I got to share all the barbecue stuff with them and everything like that. Well, then uh, another painter from Las Vegas, he's Mexican. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited because I'm also Mexican that there was another Mexican that we got to talk about all the Mexican dishes that we've made, all the Mexican dishes we eat. We got to explain that to not only the guy getting the model, MS Gamer Dad, but also got to explain it to uh, when I can hobby the other TikToker. Mm-hmm. And so we got to go full blast. This is what Mexican culture is like. This is what Mexicans like. This is Mexican, 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 Mexican. And then when it's all said and done, I look at my little El Camino and I'm like, oh no. You guys, you guys just subliminally had me just, you just put me in that mindset and it just kind of happened. So I have to tell them, hey, no, like this isn't, I didn't intentionally make a Mexican El Camino impulsor. Hey, look, I'm sorry. We just started talking about conchas and Dude, I just we got did. carried away. We did. We did. Enchiladas. Everything, every Mexican dish you can think of. We started talking about, I was going into how Mexicans deal with Christmas, you know, all this, everything you think of. I'm going to full culture, right? And then that comes out of me and I have to pretend like that wasn't intentional. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, that looks a little... Looks a little what? What are you about to say right now? (laughs) (laughs) You tell me we need a wall? You tell me we need to build a wall right now? (laughs) I don't see anything wrong with it. What's wrong with it? (laughs) Dude, that's how I felt. (laughs) When I got done, I saw those like, man, I need to change that green, those green missiles. I need to make them yellow missiles or something. I can't. Dude, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it. Do it with your whole chest. I might do a... Space Marine holding the sisters about or walking up some stairs. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. So, but yeah. So I did that. That's what that looked like. That's what the impulsor, the El Camino, Mexican El Camino came out. 100% unintentional. I will say, looking at that model, I didn't catch it until you pointed it out. Unfortunately, you did just point it out live on air. It happens. But it hey, happens. that's fine. Uh, but my thing is... It, it's a good bit. <laughs> it's like, those guys know one thing about me is I paint miniatures and I'm Hispanic. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I feel like they're going to get it and go, well, okay, calm down, Cheech. <laughs> so. Oh, that's fun. Uh, so yeah, anyway, anyway, okay. Back to edge highlighting. Yes. Okay. That's the next thing. Yeah. You've been just going hard on the edge highlighting. So there is a painter. Okay. Who runs a YouTube channel called battle forge gaming. Okay. Okay. Battle forge gaming BFG. Okay. Mm -hmm. His name's Justin. Okay. All right. Justin 
is a TikToker called BFG Justin. And his painting is the closest that you could get I've ever seen to somebody live painting heavy metal in front of you. Okay. It's advanced 40K heavy metal style painting, which is just like super exaggerated edge highlighting and, you know, just this like, that's like the classic like heavy metal style. Like showing off this very technically proficient. Yes. Like, like super tight brush control. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess one of the things that happened was I was I was I always watch like because he's an Australian streamer, and so he streams at night. Okay, yeah. and so I, I I usually don't get to catch him unless it's the weekend, early morning, and I'm just kind of hanging out. I will catch him and watch his streams, and he's super proficient. He's his streams are excellent. He shows you like the the very like simple technique, but like. It always felt kind of out of grasp, like you like when when I see technical painters like that, like somebody playing like non metal metallics or something like that. I always think to myself, maybe someday, right? But like I'm not there yet. You know, that's how I feel like when I see that kind of stuff. And uh, I was watching his stream, and I don't interact usually with this TikTok streams. I just watch them. I don't say anything and all this stuff. And like he just kept saying to everybody that came, he was like, "You could do this too. Like you could do this too." It's very simple. You could do this. You could do this. And I just thought to myself, like, oh, he's just being modest. Like, he's just being like, yeah, you could do this with a billion years of work. And, you know, he's got to learn. And he just kept saying it over and over again. And then he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, I have a tutorial on my YouTube. And I was like, oh, interesting. Like, I'll go check out his YouTube and all this stuff. Well, as I'm in that YouTube, I'm looking around, poking around to the little YouTube there. And he's got an interview. Like it's a live, it's a live podcast that he has called Battleforge Gaming, and he's got a live podcast, and none other than who is interviewing is Raptor Imperialis, aka Kiz Dugs. Straight up, straight up Kiz Dugs. Okay, okay. If y'all don't know, it's Kieran Douglas, classic Kieran, <laughs> beautiful Kieran. <laughs> Love Kieran. He's interviewing Kieran, right? Oh, yeah. And I'm laying to myself, well, now this guy, we got a mutual? Like, we got a mutual? Like, this guy is a real people? Like, 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 hold on. He's just like this dude. He got out of that, like, God status. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're just one of us. Okay. One of us normals. Okay. So, dude, I have, like, a, a end to like, talk to him. Like, dude, you know, Kiz Dugs? You know, my boy Kizzy? Like, you know, like, you know, Kizzy Dizzy? He's like, yeah, man, you know, he's an awesome guy. And, you know, all this stuff. I'm like, man, I was like, dude, I was like, I just, I watch your edge highlighting all the time. I think it's crazy. It looks so good. I was like, yeah, you could do this too. I'm like, you're just being modest. He's like, dude, he goes, this is what my edge highlighting used to look like. He grabs his old model. I'm like, that's trash, my guy. <laughs> now, I'm just kidding. Look great. Like, but it's like, you know, it's like, it looks like what I'm playing with right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you just got to keep tightening it up. Just keep tightening it up. And so I was like, you know what? I am going to tighten it up, dude. Like I'm. And so probably for the past, like, Going on three weeks now, like I've been getting bare plastic kits, assembling them like models I'll never play, and like uh, just practicing edge highlighting for Blood Angels on them. And it's like this was the very first one I did. Oh, yeah, what we got? So, like the Akira bike, Mm -hmm. but like, yeah, just practicing edge highlight. It's just solely like the very first one I did. 
And like, I've been sharing to the Discord and everything like that, but I've just felt like bringing it and bringing it and bringing it and bringing it. And like a lot of like a lot of what I realized, it's like you edge highlight, and then the big thing you have to do is go clean up, and then edge highlight again, go clean up. Next color, edge highlight, clean up. Some of the shadow stuff I didn't do on that one, but like there's a a ton of work that gets involved in it. But like I feel like I'm dialing that in, and the problem I'm going to run into is I'm going to want to strip my entire rest of my models. Like, <laughs> and that's why you've been uh, workshopping your stripping methods. That's why I've been workshopping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, what is the minimum time I can spend stripping? Yeah. But this that is the style of edge highlighting he does, dude. And I'm okay. just like, yeah, I'm in it. I'm about it. I love that style. It's like if you throw that in front of somebody's face, it doesn't matter what they look like. They're, they're, they're going to be about it. Oh, yeah. So I love it. Been heavy, heavy into edge highlighting. Uh, some other things outside of hobby, I'm pretty proud of. Obviously, the little robot, you guys have seen that. It's going to be the brave little rover. Uh, got that integrated with the TikTok API. So that's fun stuff. Um, uh, you know, Gray went missing. You, you've heard about that. Yeah. yeah. You know that Gray, Gray is still missing my cat, Gray. I, I don't want to say RIP because there's been a body, uh, but I, we well, are st- still looking for her. I'm thinking yeah. somebody's adopted her at this point. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. So in that process, um, there have been other areas of people that have said, hey, we think we've seen her over here. I think she's been here and all this stuff. And, and so I tried to develop a crate that a cat can go in to go eat. And it takes their picture. And then and the like, AI will scan it. And if it's the right cat, it'll trap the cat and then ping you? Well, not yet. <laughs> but, like, we're on stage one of doing that. So so right now, it's a... Uh, uh, originally, what I was doing was I was taking a security camera with a solar, pa- a solar panel on top of this crate. And I had it within Wi-Fi range. And I was just checking to see what cats looked like when they were in there. And it was identifying them pretty well. And then I was saying, okay, so I bought a 4G modem router, and I was saying, okay, I don't know how I'm going to keep this power just yet, but probably a solar panel is going to be the way to do it. And I'll just have to use cellular 4G. I'm going to have to find a plan and all this stuff. And I was trying to figure all this out. And then my little sister, whose husband's a farmer and they do hunting all the time, she's like, why don't you just use a game cam, the 4G game cams? And I was like, okay, shut up, stupid. <laughs> and so... uh so I went and got a 4G game cam and put this inside of these crates. Yep. And so I dropped it off in the area where they thought they saw Gray. And this cat that was there 100% looked just like Gray, except for its big giant nuts. So like, <laughs> Gray didn't have big giant nuts or any no, nuts. No, she didn't. <laughs> yeah, she, she didn't have a single nut. Uh, so I was like, okay, that's not Gray. But like, what was crazy about it was as soon, I dropped the, the crate out there, and I'm talking like within... Four hours, I knew all the cats that were running around that neighborhood because they smelled the food. They're all coming to the food. It took the pictures of them. They'd leave. They get the next pictures, and so I was like, "Okay, well, Gray's that's Gray's not over there. I see the cat that they thought was Gray wasn't Gray." And so I was like, "Well, I don't need this right now, but I pay twelve dollars a month for this game camera, which is pretty cheap for four G and all that jazz and limited pictures." And so I was like, well, I'll just offer like a free service. Like if your cat goes missing, contact me and I'll take this crate. I'll drop it off and then we'll put food in it. If your cat comes, if your cat's still in the area, it'll come by. 
I get a notification on my phone the second something's there. If it's your cat, I'll call you and tell you, hey, go outside. Your cat's like in the box right now. You just go snag your cat up and all this stuff. Uh, so I'm on my fourth deployment right now of these cat boxes. Uh, first one was successful. Like there was like, hey, your cat's like right outside. This is him. He's in the yard. They walked outside, snagged him up. Good to go. Hey, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for your service. Uh, second one, the I got like six cats that came to the box. Uh, none of them were this guy's cats. And he's like, so my cat's just not in the area. I'm like, dude, like there's a lot of cats coming to this box. They don't give a shit about like your cat's not in here. Like he's in somebody's house or nowhere near this area. He goes, well, I'm gonna go knock on my neighbor's yard. Turns out he knocked on one of people's houses and they're like, oh yeah, we got this new orange cat. Is this your cat, Sonny? He's like, yeah, it's my cat. I'm like, oh yeah, here you go. Here's a Mac. Cat, cat back home. Excellent. That's a success. We count those. Yeah, yeah, we count those. Yeah, good job. There's nothing I can do about that. And then right now, uh, I can't recall the cat's name, but it's a, it's a 14 year old cat. It's a super old, like oh, wow. super looks like red. Uh, it's a gray cat. It's it's a it's deployed out there right now. Hopefully, I haven't seen it yet. I think it's one of those situations. The cat was like, "Hey, I'm old. I'm gonna go sleep by myself somewhere and find some place quiet to go peace out." Yeah, uh, but. But we'll see. I mean, it's the second night it's out there. I just saw a, a possum in there last night. That's all we got. So Yeah, that was going to be my next question. It's like, yeah, hey, you've been any possums and raccoons? Yeah, long-faced cats. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, uh, even a dog in one of them. Uh, so I don't <laughs> know what happened there, but dog. Me? Uh, <laughs> I'm just chilling. <laughs> just shit. I was in there one time. It was good food. <laughs> it's all, hey, Derek, get out of there. <laughs> Homeless people just getting getting cat food. Uh, so, but yeah, man, it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, uh, that's a really cool service. It's, it, it, it truly was like one of those things where like, I just, this is what it looks like whenever the, that's the, what we thought was gray. Okay. You can see it definitely has the sad little eyes of gray. <laughs> Dude, it just looks like that Photoshop sad cat. Yeah. It looks like that sad cat. <laughs> and then like, uh, kind of, kind of feels very grayish. And then it turned around and you saw it's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. But these are what the images look like. It's like pretty straight up. Like, yep, your cat's okay. here. Or no, it's not. Yeah. So, but I give them live updates at the end of the night so they know what was in their box or what wasn't in their box. Okay. So. Yeah, that's really cool. It's a fun time. It's a fun time. There's always that story of that uh, that family that lost their cat for like six years, and then they find it, they bring it back inside, and before they can get the door closed, it just bolts right back out. Yeah, I feel like that's going to happen. I'm waiting to see what when Gray gets back, see what her plan is. She's going to come back with like a like a little Mexican hat on and like, like an eye patch. Yeah, <laughs> not missing an eye, just wearing an eye patch. Yeah, she just and she thinks she it looks it. it looks nicer. <laughs> we'll have to come back with some cool stories. But no, that's my hobby progress, man. Just kind of yeah, paint up blood angels and learning new techniques. Just trying to elevate that game. Yeah, it's been a good time. It's been a good time. Stripping models. Love it. So let's talk about this mega battle we were in yesterday. Yeah. So uh, uh, Ryan at the shop has been putting on, starting with this heresy mega battle, he's putting on a series of stuff, kind of like a, a celebrating the, the anniversary of the shop. Yes. And so the first wave of that was this big heresy mega battle. We had, I think, what, six players per side? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six or seven. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they'd broken up into loyalists and traitors. Loyalists took the middle of three tables. Mm-hmm. They were kind of staggered where they overlapped half the table. Yep. So there's like this lightning bolt formation. Loyalists got the center table. Traitors got the outside, the far outside edges. Yep. And so there was a void shield generator in the middle that was defending this area. And then two generators on either side of that. And I think you'd made a TikTok about the, uh, the train that they'd use because it was like a $5 camping lantern. Yes, for the reactor, for the radiate radioactive reactor, which is that little lantern. Yeah. I'm actually going to do a full video on how to do that. Oh, yeah. I get vinyl coming in today, and I actually took that lantern apart. Nice. Everybody was asking me how how I tint model, how I tint, how do I tint? I was like, look, <laughs> if you're not, if you can't figure out how to do it, you're not the guy that's making terrain for your shop. I promise that. <laughs> yeah. So those were objectives. They had to take down the outside reactors. And when one of those dropped, they could then shoot at the void shield generator in the middle from that side. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I kind of found out about this late cause I've been, you know, hermit mode. Yeah. So I just rolled in with just my Titan, my uh, Warbringer. Okay. I think, uh, so Cody and Locker were there with their full complement of Titans. I think uh, Locker was on the Loyalist side with us. Yes. And then there was like uh, John Rich and Cross and Cody, all their Titans were just kind of like pushing in, muscling in on us. There was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine Titans on the table. Yes, and a ton of a ton of knights. Oh yeah, there, there was a. Oh wait, no, there was another. Yeah, there, I think there was eleven titans. And I think about it because I, was, I wasn't counting Locker's titans. Yeah, because Locker has the the Warlord, Warbringer, Reaver, and then I think f- two Warhounds. Yeah, I wasn't even counting the Warhounds. I forget those are titans. Yeah, those count. Those, yeah. those technically count. That was probably like four. I missed out of the count, so it was probably like fourteen titans on the table. Yeah, it was up there. It was a ton of titans. Oh yeah, it, it was pretty good for like a local event. Yeah. I found out late as well. So we were told, because they, they needed some help on the Loyalist side, we were told that Loyalists were going to deploy first. Well, no, here's the thing. I found out about this late. I heard that there was a mega battle going on. I was like, well, I can't I, I can't go to the mega battle. I just found out about it on <laughs> Saturday. It's on Sunday. I'm not going to make it. Until they told me it was a 30K mega battle and that there's going to be Titans there. And I can't not take the Memetum host. Oh, yeah. If I'm finding out about a Titan game. Because the Memetum host is going to ride if there's Titans. Sanguinius is not going to let his boys get messed up. So I had to go Oh yeah, roll with the Memetum host. Just got to represent. Yeah. So uh, we were told that traitors were going to set up first. Then loyalists were going to set up. And then loyalists, as a defender, were going to take the first turn. That's what we were told. That's what we were told. So we set up accordingly. Uh, you wanted to remain in reserve. You were very vocal about that. You're like, well, why am I putting it on the table? I've okay. Here's the thing for those of y'all that don't remember the Memetum host, let me just catch you back up onto what the Memetum host is. Canonically, in my head, yeah, the Memetum host is if you think about horse heresy and you think about uh blood angels fighting alongside Titan legions, there was never a point where you're ever going to think I'm ever going to have to fight a Titan legion, right? There's at no point do you think to yourself, yeah, pre heresy, there was never like a Anything resembling a Titan threat, we've got the Titan Legions to handle. I'm not going to have to do anything about that. Yeah, so so Legions, they would not have anything in play to fight Titans. That's just not really... They have Titans to fight. Yeah. They, they've got plans for that, but they never like 
it's not something they're going to have to do. Yeah, exactly. And so in my mind, whenever Sanguinius and like let's 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 talk about Beta Garmin or you know, when Sanguinius finds out that Titans can go traitor and that there's Titanic level threats. In my head is he would have developed a host that say, "Hey, we need a way to fight Titans." Because we are not always going to have Titan legions available to us. And so, and, and, and that's kind of what Sanguinius did with his hosts. Is he would start up a host. And with his host, they'd be like, okay, we'll figure it out, boss. We'll, we'll go take care of it. And so, my legion that I made specifically for Mega Battles. I only use this in Mega Battles. I don't use this in normal games. Is it's a host of Predators. Predators, Cerberus. Sakaran Venators, which I forgot, dude. I forgot my three Venators. Mm. I left them at home. It's just an entire host of Predators that are armed with the Neutron, uh, blasters. neutron blasters, Conversion Beamers, which I also left at home, and uh, uh, Bell Predators for the front line to strip Void Shields. That is solely what this army's for, is to fight Titans. Just to suppress and destroy Titans. Now, however... Keep in mind, I am not a brand new Memetim host player. I'm a seasoned Memetim host player. I know how the Memetim host is viewed. I know what people see when they realize what it does. And I know how they treat it. And so I know tactically, I should not start on the table. (laughs) Like, I know that, hey... Don't let me start on the table because what's going to happen is you're going to get a lot of Titans that are going to see me. You're like, hey, don't look at me. I'm in reserves. Like, yeah. And so if I'm on the table and I don't get first turn, I'm dead. That's just what happens. Yeah, because like, let's say, let's say hypothetically, I'm a, a Titan on the other team. Yeah, I've got a volcano cannon. I that volcano cannon can do like three whole points of damage to a Titan, or I can put it on a Predator and pop like six Predators six or seven Predators. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> The Memphism host needs an upgrade in predator sizes. I probably need like 30 more predators for it to be scary, scary. But like right now, I'm at like 14 predators. A respectable respectable amount of predators, which is still 28 last cannons. Like if you think about it, but still, you know, the, the neutron blasters are only 24 inches. The bell predator assault cannons are only 24 inches. So I have to get up there, right? It's a yeah. very, I have to full blast. I don't, and, and we don't get flat out anymore. We don't get overcharged engines or anything cool for blood angels anymore. So it's a pray to God that I can make it. Like I do have Cerberus. And I do have stuff that can kind of long range, you know, stun lock Titans. Cause that's the whole point of the army is yeah. to stun lock Titans. Hit them with that shock pulse. Hit them with the shock pulse. The shock pulse makes it to where they can only shoot snapshots. And with that snapshot shooting, nothing is, no blast can snapshot. Right. And so, well, I guess torrent could technically, but that's something else. Yeah, yeah. We're like, but Not going into semantics. But so, the idea is to run these Predators in there and start disabling Titans the best I can to give my army a fighting chance. And so, my plan usually is... I hold my stuff in reserve, let them come forward, and then like a red lightning bolt, the wave comes on of predators and they start shock pulsing everything and conversion beamering the close combat titans to blind them. And then, you know, just at that point. All right, boys, go to work. Yeah. At that point, you know, our titans 
full speed ahead, baby. Our Titans are just, you know, full guns. They're not getting fired upon. You know, that's usually the plan. It has never worked out like that. Unfortunately. (laughs) So they did tell us that we were getting first turn. Yes, we were told when we were deploying that we'd be taking the first turn. So we're like, okay, well, if they seize, you know, here's kind of what we'll do. I said, I will take a, uh, 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 I will take a D6 gamble that they will seize, and I will deploy inches, 18 to 20 inches away from these Titans to have the chance to shock pulse these Titans first turn. Yeah. I will do that. Obviously, that's not, not even a question. Yeah, so uh, uh, that was a lie. Yeah, we immediately got second that, turn. That was a, that was an actual lie, and I put my models down to pick my models up because mm-hmm. they were very aggressively placed, and none of those tides was gonna have that. Woof. So, yeah, and just so y'all understand, uh, Titans they have uh, multiple void shields. Which are basically vehicle armor twelve void shields, one wound apiece. But they have normal, like they'll have like four or five void shields. Yeah, I think the warlord has uh, five five void shields. The reaver has three void shields or, or four. They might have upped it to six. Yeah. Either way, I know it used to have. Like, I think it's less than the physical model has. I think it's eight on the on the model, and I think they only use six in the game. You just have to do a glancing hit of a twelve, and it gets rid of it. Yes, any glancing or penetrating hit at armor value 12 removes the void shield. Any hit with a destroyer-type weapon also removes it. Yeah, so so my plan is I have a, fl- a line of 10 or 11... Assault cannons. Assault cannons, which I do the full full accoutrement. Like, I do the yeah. the twin-link last can- or twin-linked assault cannon and the uh, pencil-mounted assault cannon on like nine or I think it's nine at the front line. Okay. And so it's essentially 18 assault cannons, four shots a piece. I'm ripping void shields off. If I can get there, that's a front line. They're ripping void shields off. Last cannons come in too from them. If I, if I need them and then behind them, the second wave of neutron blasters to actually make it through those void shields. Once they're down, I can start neutron blasting and start shutting Titans down is the plan. That's always the plan. It's never worked out like that, but that's the plan. Unfortunately, your teammates see that and go, oh, yeah, he's got it handled. Yes. He'll, he'll definitely strip all the void shields off of every single enemy titan and stunlock them. I cannot do that. And when that own. doesn't happen, I'll be like, hey, well, what happened? <laughs> 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Yeah, I have 18 predators. Ugh. Hell yeah. I wasn't sure. I can never remember counting. And I left some at home, too. Yeah, but. so they... You've been talking up the Memetim host. They know what they're designed to do. Yeah, my local gaming club absolutely knows what the Memetim host is. Oh, yeah. And then when I start telling them, like, the, everybody's unhelp, helping me unpack these predators. I said, no, no, no. The gold. The, the gold no, no, tops. No, use the gold turrets. The ones the, with the... The, the gold turrets are the Memetons. Like, the the rest are my just normal bell predators. Those, I, those are just my walking around predators. Yeah, I want the good predators. Get the good ones. <laughs> so... But yeah, in my head, it's it's you know they're they're doing and, and and honestly, you know, it's not as cheesy as you think it is. Like it's not like one of those things where it's like your strength ten on armor fifteen is not, and you have to get a penetrating hit in order for them to be shock pulsed. Yes, and so I'm needing sixes. Like it's not it's not automatic that this is happening. Yeah, yeah it's not just oh hey, you don't get to play the game. 
Yeah, I still it's a gamble for me too to try and shock pulse a pred, uh, to shock pulse a uh, titan with yeah. predators. It's like and in my head that's how it is. It's like you know, it's the, it's the attack on titan speech, you know? <laughs> like oh, my yeah. my sol- my soldiers rage like they're go they're going to go die. That's how it's working. <laughs> Dude. So, yeah, so that that first shooting phase was pretty rough. Wiped on my pred. I didn't have a single well, I had a land raider alive. That was it. Yeah. The the land raider, I think did one of the Cerberus survive? The Well, yeah, I had two Cerberus in the back that okay. survived. Both my Cerberus and my Fellblade survived. Fellblades are trash, by the way. Unfortunately. Fellblades are horrible. That's yeah. Oh. Unfortunate. It is what it is. Uh, a lot of the super heavy tanks just don't hit like they used to. I'm going to buy a ton of falchions for my Memetims. Yeah, the, the, the falchion helps. Uh, the falchion gets shock pulse. Yes. yes As I found out with my Titan, uh, John Rich brought four falchions. Yes, and all of them aimed at you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to start shock pulse and titans. It's like, all right, so y'all let me know when that Warbringer's void shields are down. And they went down. As they do. And uh, so one of the benefits the Loyalist got was just a flat up six up additional save. Which did not help, but that's fine. It helped me a lot. <laughs> okay. I was clutching that out for a while. It took every single gun to shock pulse my Titan because the uh, Warbringer and the Warlord Titans just have an innate and vulnerable save. Yes. So if I save the hit, that's not a penetrating hit. It gets to start discarded. I'm not shock pulsed. Love it. So I lost all my void shields and I think two hull points. From getting shock pulse. Ugh, and by the time he was out, I'm like, okay, well, let me see. I'm not allowed to take the close combat arm on the Warbringer, unfortunately. So that just leaves all the blast weapons and I guess the AA guns. And Matt had brought a, uh, a wing of Thunderbolts and a Marauder that he printed up. Loved it. They look great. Yep. And uh, I kept just like threatening him all game. She's like, man, you're getting those awful close to my AA guns, man. I, I don't got nothing else to shoot them at. So don't don't take this personal. I'm shock pulsed. He's like, okay, well now I'm shock pulsed. These things have to snap shoot whatever they shoot at. So I'm gonna start working on void shields, I guess. How crazy is it when you get shock pulsed? Uh, it it turns your titan off. <laughs> yeah, it's wild, dude. It's like okay, well I've got the Ardex Defensor Mauler bolters, and the AA guns, which the AA guns on the Warbringer aren't nothing. They're pretty nice. It's four shots, twin linked, Skyfire. Sunder rending six strength seven AP like four or three. Mm, mm, mm. So twin linked and sunder that's that, that got the, I mean, it's pretty reliable to strip uh, strip void shields with. You know, I've always wanted to see what like a multiple falchion Mevitim host was like. Yeah, and seeing four falchions on the table, how much work they do. It's putting me in the right direction. I'm going to tell you that much. Oh, yeah. It's putting me in the right direction. For sure. In addition to the Predators I have, just send them all out. <laughs> I felt bad for uh, for Tyler's Falchion. He put it next to... Uh, pretty. He put that, a Land Raider, and a Contemptor close to my uh, Warbringer. Yep. And they just kept taking hints, hits that splashed off of me. Oh. Oh, Lord. The Contemptor was fine because you can't kill a Contemptor. No, the Contemptor's kind of all Contemptors on the table pretty much lasted the entire game and all the Daredeos as well. Yeah, yeah, they were the shining stars that game. Yeah, it was a wild situation. Anything with wounds was doing okay. Anything with whole points was not in a good spot. Until some of those uh, reactors started going up. Yep. So they had rolled for like the the range damage. I think the side ones did like a... 
24 inch explosion or something huge. It was huge. And so it's like, okay, well, everything there, this takes this many wounds. And it's like, okay, well, that takes off Angron and Alpharius. Yep. It's like, shame. Yeah. And then when the Titans started going, the Titans would go critical. And so Titans were blown up. It was wild. It was a oh yeah violent game. A, a 24-inch radius explosion off of an already large warlord. Yep. Yep. There were, and just for y'all are curious, the, uh, the, the stores... When we play Mega Battles, they want to go full out, so everything explodes yeah. max and is guaranteed to explode. Yeah, like, anything that explodes, you just take max die rolls. Yeah. So the, like, six plus D6 inches for a super heavy, just just cap that at 12. Oh, it's a Warlord? Now it's 24. Strength 7 plus... Seven, no, it's just 10. It's strength 10. Yeah, yeah. And then Warlord, if you think about it, it's like the Warlord wide is like 18 to 20 inches wide. Oh, yeah. And then you're getting... 24 inches on each side of Add, it. Yeah, added to that, that's that's like a five-foot circumference circle. Yeah, it's a massive. <laughs> it's a massive circle of pain that's exploding onto you. Yeah. So when, when a warlord was going critical in this game, it was taking everything with it that was around it. Mm-hmm. So, Honestly, we did more damage with that than we did with our own shooting phases. Yeah, we started blowing up our... Sending in, essentially, warlord bombs into the enemy deployment zone to go... Go critical in their deployment zone. Yeah. So uh, turn two, I kind of had to like skip out on. Yeah. I, I got a call saying, hey, come have lunch. My girlfriend, she was on a long shift and she found out she got a lunch. So I went and my Titan is shock pulsed and we like just ended our turn and I got back and back to the shop just in time for our turn to start. And for you to find out it was still shock pulsed. I'm like, so, okay, cool. I'm going to go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm going yeah. to head out. Uh, but yeah, so the second turn was kind of more of the same. The other side, I don't know what was going on. They just couldn't take down that reactor until yeah. turn three. And they, we wanted to destroy. So the reactor was giving us the power for our uh, void shield generator. Void shield generator, which gave but it was a flat save. Which we we kind of made the group decision that it wasn't as powerful as us having a reactor explode in the enemy deployment zone while they were still in it. Yeah. And so we started firing on our own reactor to make it blow up. Yeah. And we could not get it taken no, care of. But the combined forces of Loyalist and Traitor couldn't take down that other reactor. But they, they also wanted us to, at the same time, we could have taken it down, but we were splitting our fire because one of the... Yeah, we had just dropped the Void Shields on the Traitor Warlord. Well, they they wanted us to uh, kill Cabanda. Uh, that was one of our missions was to kill Cabanda. So we had oh, okay. to unload into Cabanda some of our weapons that would have gone into that that uh okay yeah and that once you give like once you give us a target in a mega battle it's dead there's yeah. no way there's nothing that way you to fire. yeah yeah way to fire unless it's a contemptor yeah it's like what do you need dead Cabanda yeah okay cool easy done so you have Cerberus Fellblade Predators everything's firing into this poor poor little demon oh yeah so it was wild. Yeah, so turn three, Cabanda ended up making it to the center void shield generator and taking it out. A second Cabanda. Oh, they, that was a second Cabanda? He died and was brought back. Okay. Somebody, okay. Yeah, that was a second. That, the Cabanda did not fly to the other side of the table or anything like that. Yeah. Okay, I just yeah. assume he just moved like 18 inches and then got his signature 12-inch charge. Yeah, this was a separate Cabanda. Oh, okay. So yeah, that one just kind of made it made a touchdown at the center of the board. Got his got to assault with the void shield generator, wrecked it, and there goes our win condition. 
And then, so part of the uh, the benefits that they got was uh, Bellacore model shows up, attacks a thing, and then pieces out, and then causes a little bit of chaos. Well, the the void shield generator in the middle exploding, it exploded like a seventy two inch explosion. It was, it was massive, incredible, wiped everything out. Uh, I think a handful of dreadnoughts survived, and it took half of the hull points off of my contemptor. My contemptor, my uh, Warbringer. So it was at 13 remaining, so it lost 12, which is half its total. It's just sat there at one whole point, just looking real nervous. This was the only mega battle that I've ever played where I didn't get bored watching everybody like do stuff because there was so much stuff going on. Yeah. That was just like, what's happening now? And they roll dice and it's like, that's dead. This is dead. This is exploding. This is going. It was like, God dang, this is chaos, oh, yeah. dude. Yeah. By the end of them resolving that, it's like, okay, I kind of figure out what the table looks like for getting hit with this thing. It's like on a, like on a one, nothing happens on a two through like four. It takes half of its wounds or whole points. And on a five or six, you just take it off the table. I felt like a high Lord of Terra because like I had no attachment to anything on the table. I'm like, oh, that's dead. That's dead. Pity. Huh. The numbers aren't looking in our favor right now. <laughs> take down that demon. But sir, the warlord, I said take down that demon. <laughs> okay. But it was a pretty good mix of like uh, uh, wild stuff happening. And it was right, the right amount of predictable and unpredictable. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Like it was predictable enough that I had, that I felt like I influenced it, but it was unpredictable enough to like, be engaging. Like I had fun moments in there. Like yeah. I had fun, fun decisions that I made, but at the same time there was stuff that I couldn't control like it's stuff like, going critical. Yeah. It's like, Oh, well okay, it got we, me. That happened. <laughs> we just got to roll with it. It got me too. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I took down a reaver, I, you know, like I stun locked this. I did this, you know, I helped do this at the same time. It's like, look, you're not like, there's no winners in mega battle. Yeah. So, uh, Bellacore just kind of like spite annihilated a contemptor. That still had its full amount of wounds in the middle of the table. That's fair. And then took one of the traitor titans and put it in the middle on the objective. And so, okay, loyalists, the game's lost because the void shield generator's down. Traitors, you hold this through the loyalist turn, you win. It's like, okay, well, how many how many void shields does that warbringer have? All of them. Oh. Yep. Uh. So we just lit everything into it. They're all. Bring, give it the might of the Mimitimos. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm not really good at killing Titans, and you, right? And you're just like out the door at this point. You're like, like somebody called you, like you had to go take care of something. Like, I had to go drop out that cat crate. Yeah, your, your stuff was pulled <laughs> off. You're like, oh, I thought I was done. Hang on. They're like, no, roll all of your tanks against it. See what would happen. I was like, okay, I'll roll them. So I did like the full might of the Mimitimos. Like I said, it's not good at killing things. It's just good at... Uh, so I'm like, okay, I did 16 wounds to this Titan 24 whole point. Yeah. Titan. I was like, good luck, everybody. Now it's y'all's turn. Finish the rest. Yeah. Well, while you were doing that, like I was just like, okay, how many of these jets survived? I've been, I've been talking mess to them all game. I got to take it down. Some of these things. <laughs> so I shoot my little a guns over there and it's like, okay. Oh, y'all done. Okay. How many whole points does that have left? Okay. Volcano cannon. Volcano Back cannons up. suck. That's all I'm going to say, dude. Like uh, as a non super heavy, they suck. They're horrible. Like, they're not bad. They, will, they suck to fight against, is what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's the best weapon we have against contemptors that's not another contemptor. Yeah, no, they're they're mean, is what I'm saying. Okay. I mean, it'll do, like, three D3 hull points to that thing. 
Yeah, and to all my three whole point models, they will. It's definitely... not great against Titans. <laughs> yeah, well, it's good against everything else. But yeah, between that, the Gatling Blaster, which I don't really understand why it does what it does now. Instead of being like, in your mind, how would you resolve a macro Gatling Blaster? Like a cool way to do it? Yeah, like say, hey, what are the rules in Heresy for a macro Gatling Blaster? 18 three-inch blasts. So like the Apocalyptic Clover Blast? Yeah. No, it's just two of the big templates. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's it's not, so it's not good for stripping Void Shields because it's just two hits. If I hit you with it, cool. I strip two void shields because this is a destroyer weapon. Yep. Now, once the shields are down, that means I can do D3 points of damage with each of those hits. And so I was able to, I think it took both of those. And then the Quake Cannon was able to take down the last hull point on the uh, Warbringer. Yeah. So we officially got the tie. Love it. That felt like a win to me because that was the first mega battle that my Warbringer survived. And then I also got to like take down the last thing. It felt huge to me. What is the DS Eras? Is the DS Yeah, that's the big fat. Uh, that's the Legio Mortis Deathheads. Uh, like that's their big Imperator, flagship. right? Yeah, yeah. That's what should have been in the middle coming out of the warp from Bellicor. Bellicor is like, hey, I brought my boy. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> that's He's like really big. Because he, he did that. Like, he just, like, dropped off of Warlords. Warped in. Dropped like, off of some big-ass Titans. In a, no, no. Like, DS Ira did that in the... Siege? Uh, Siege of Terrors books. Like, he just, like... Shows up. Shows up. And you're like, where the fuck did that thing come from? <laughs> and he's like, hey, by the way, boys. I'm here. <laughs> so, God, that'd be such a cool freaking model to see. In. Well, so, I does it have the castle on top? Yes. Okay, because I want to say one of them, like one of the famous Titans was an Emperor Titan without all the stuff on top of it. Yeah, I want to say in the book, like it's him like looking down in a, uh, in like at the book cover, right? Whoa, there's actually a movie called. Yeah. Let's see, yeah. Oh, there it is. Okay. I was looking for my, because I've got a picture of it in my Titan reference uh, folder on my phone. Yeah, this is the uh, the one I'm referring to. This one? Uh, this one. Where he's got, like, the massive void shields blocking everything hitting him. Okay. Yeah, because this one, it's like older art. I guess it does still have the, the fortification on top of it. It's just not the same type. It's kind of, like, got the wide, bigger towers on the edges as opposed to the, like, bigger central tower. Yeah, he's freaking dope, dude. Hell yeah. Somebody should get on that. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> but yeah, it was a it was a hell of a time. I, I definitely, I definitely enjoyed I, I bringing the one model and just kind of like not having to worry about a bunch of knights, not having to worry about you know 150 space wolves. Yeah, yeah. I I brought all those predators. And it was still easy for me. Like it was just a good time. Oh yeah. Only 20 models to really worry about. So this is actually the new, this is actually new art for the uh, Warhammer Legions uh, game. Oh, okay. So this is new art for DSERA. Hell yeah. Like that's substantial reference. Oh, for sure. Because that's like modernized art of what it looks like. 
Okay, so it's got like this plasma and then a Gatling cannon. If we were to... If somebody crazy was to, you know... 3D model this up. This is like good reference art to go on. I'm like, what this actually... Like, I've never really seen what an Imperator Titan looks like, kind of like modernized. Mm-hmm. And this is that. Yeah. This is a, an Imperator Titan modernized. And I don't know. It's pretty freaking good. That's what's up. Interesting. Yeah, I think they've got a few more events they're going to do throughout the coming months to kind of tie into that. Okay. I think they said the next one is going to be a uh, Zomortalis situation where it's like 750 points a player and then just kind of like this super huge Zomortalis mega battle. Hell yeah. I've not seen, like I've not participated in a huge Zomortalis like multiplayer. I don't know how you can have Zomortalis and mega battle in the same sentence, but I'm excited to find out. Seems like a good time. But yeah, other than that, I know uh, Pretty started up a Heresy Escalation League at the shop. I unfortunately didn't have my stuff ready for that just because of I didn't have stuff come in. I didn't know if I was going to print stuff or source stuff, but I, I heard that it was a good time getting that started. Hell yeah. I need to reach out to him, see if he needs any assistance with that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, anything else you want to say on that or we're going to roll straight into kind of the FAQ. Yeah, let's go into the FAQ. Okay, so they did put out a bunch of new FAQ right after... So the accountability buddies reached out to me because I've got a uh, document of a bunch of like weird rules interactions. Yes. And just things that are not worded too well in the rules. And they've been putting together a list that they wanted to collate and send to Games Workshop. Be like, hey, here you asked for FAQ questions. Here's a bunch of questions we got. So powerful, powerful Duncan got, got with me and I gave him those and they packaged all that up and they said, Hey, send these out. And then within a week, Mm -hmm. we magically get a bunch of new FAQs. Love it. So the timing on that is really weird. I don't think it was a direct response to that particular push. Were those questions addressed in it? Some of them. Okay. Interesting. So one of the main things that was in my list was kind of like, hey, does blank affect armagers? Does armor bane affect armagers? Does exoshock affect armagers? Things that affect vehicles, dreadnoughts, and automata. Right. So one of the things they added to the Mechanicum FAQ is, oh, armagers add this. And it is the clause from the militia mechanized unit where they are affected the same way as dreadnoughts and automata for armor bane, shock pulse, this, that, that, that. Right, right, right. Uh, they didn't actually change the word mechanized to Lame. armager. Okay. So take with that what you will. I'm assuming it means those things affect armagers. Rules as intended, not written. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm going with. Grenades were not on that list. So bombs currently don't work on armagers. Okay. So it's just kind of like a, a weird, these work, these don't work. Yeah. Figure yeah. it out. Uh, another thing that they addressed, uh, bitter duty... A unit with bitter duty can't be joined by an independent character without bitter duty. God dang it. Why'd y'all ask that? <laughs> okay. It does not work vice versa. You can put a Mortad on any unit you want because the unit doesn't have bitter duty. But, okay, okay. I so see what if, you're if, if the unit itself has bitter duty, you cannot put a character without bitter duty on them. Right, right. Okay. If a character has bitter duty, doesn't matter. He can go with whoever you want. So you need rad grenades in this unit? You can take a Mortat. Hmm. Okay, okay. 
doesn't doesn't uh, uh there's a handful of characters that get bitter duty to it as well. Yeah, that Blood Angels. Oh, I know the one you're talking about. I can't think of the name on top of my head. His hat, the half face guy. Tycho? No. <laughs> Before Tycho. Yeah. Pre Tycho, half face. I can picture his art. I can't think of his name. Oh, gosh. This is super embarrassing right now. That's fine. Anyway, go on. Uh, they also said that uh, so the Primark rules where they can uh, allocate wounds how they see fit, those don't apply if the Primark is in a challenge. Okay. Interesting. So the challenge rules supersedes the Primark ability. Interesting. To do that, which is fair. Yeah, it makes it more fun. Uh, they also went and did a uh, pass at the Legacies units. Dang it. <laughs> so my Fulmentaris Terminators got nerfed three times. They're more expensive. The Targeter no longer gives them Guided Fire. Instead gives you Twin Linked if they don't move. God dang, that's ridiculous. And they nerfed the profile of the Plasma Missiles. So instead of being a Thunder Hammer profile, it is now a Plasma Gun profile. Which is four strength AP. seven AP four breaching four up, dude. Why did they hurt them so bad? Because that unit was nuts. Yeah, but they didn't have to. They po- were shooting thunder hammers at people from around corners. Which is okay if you points adjust that. <laughs> oh, they did. Yeah, but why would you do both? Like, there's no like that's no that's not how you balance a unit. That's how you kill a unit. I've not played with them with the new update. Who would? <laughs> Who would? That's not even the same. That's worse than taking last cannon team. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, a lot of things are worse than taking last cannon teams. I think that was like up there with them, but like at least. No, that, that was definitely like that unit was nuts. That unit was a little bit too much. Uh, they also uh, just like little things in the legacy stuff. The the Cestus assault ram is no longer an assault vehicle. What? They replaced. Why? Who was? Why did they do that to the Cestus? <laughs> they replaced. Who assault, asked that question? They replaced the assault vehicle rule. With a new rule, the Miser- Misericord. So Terminators in any armor, including special armors like the Gorgon Terminator armor, as well as Primarchs, they can treat it as an assault vehicle. Oh, lovely. Okay. And then the uh, transport capacity on it was up to 16. So it doesn't hold as many Terminators as it used to. It used to hold 10 guys, no matter what armor they were in. So the Misericord now lets... Stuff assault, but doesn't... It only lets Terminators and Primarchs assault out of it. So it can hold eight Terminators? Yes. It can... um, Okay. Or seven Terminators and... And a Primarch? Yeah, I guess. Or it'd be about six Terminators and a Primarch. Depends on the Primarch. Some are bulky three, some are more. Yeah, okay. Okay. Wild. Wild. What a weird... And they also points adjusted a bunch of the Bane Blades and stuff. So a Legion Bane Blade is now 650 points instead of 750. Okay, because they're trash. Yeah. Uh, the Legion Stormlord now holds more guys, but the Militia one doesn't. Okay, what do you mean by more guys? What are we talking? There's a higher transport. I think it... 25, it 25 dudes now? Eight, something. 11 I, guys. I made a note of it. Let me pull up to it. I should be pretty close. There's the this. Not that anybody's going to start playing Stormlords or anything like that. I doubt it. Because it's not open-top assault vehicle. Yeah, they, they didn't give it all of its tech back. Uh, now it holds 20 for only 650 points, which is neat. Sure. You know. It helps. It helps the people who are running them anyway. Yeah. But it doesn't bring them up to where now all of a sudden it's a lot more viable. 
Yeah. So you're less salty. Yeah. And that was the main changes I saw. Uh, a couple of things that I really wish that they had gone over. Uh, units with multiple characters. So the way the rules work, uh, when you take a wound pool, mm-hmm. you are not forced, you're never forced to allocate a wound to a character if that character is already missing wounds. Right. So the way it works now that I can't really disprove, I don't like it, I don't think that's intended. You can roll your wounds on a character until you're not happy with the number of wounds they have, and then you can switch. Yes. So you can take wounds on a character until they've got one wound left, and then switch. And then they back off. They're like, okay, I'm tired of... I don't think you should be able to do that in the middle of a wound pool. Because I think you're just never... You're never required to choose a character. But you don't choose in the middle of a wound pool unless a character unless the the model dies. Yeah, a lot of people they'll essentially tank wounds until they're down to so one wound, two wounds and then they'll say I'm getting off. Ultramarine suzerains. Yeah. They're all characters, they're all two wounds. So what people do is they will bounce wounds. This guy will take saves until he fails one. Then I'll switch to this other guy. He'll take wounds until he until he fails. Then I'll switch to another guy. So on and so forth so that nobody dies until everyone's wounded. The what they're claiming happens is you pick a character and then wounds get allocated to them individually by the wording of the rule. And then characters, you are never forced to allocate a wound to them. Right. By by those rules. I don't agree with it. I can't point out in the rules is written where it's wrong. I don't do that with my suzerains because I think that's ridiculous. Now, if I get to the end of the wound pool and my guy only lost one wound, I'll switch. I'm not going to give you all that. <laughs> I, they're all still characters I'm, I'm taking that benefit but if you hit me with like 30 saves I'm not going to walk away from that with the same number of models in the unit right right that'd, that'd be ridiculous interesting they didn't touch that uh, I personally would like a little more clarification on factions they put in in the FAQ a big explanation on how factions work but they didn't like clarify anything they just kind of took all the information that was there and put it in one spot so you're things like uh, a forge lord. A forge lord lets you take legion thalax. You take thalax from the Mechanicum book, give them legions of stardies, and take them as elites. Right. What faction are those? Stardies, aren't they? It doesn't. So I don't know. I just don't know. It, it seems to imply that your faction is picked based on your army list. Yeah, because I mean that's technically like a war gear option at that point. Like it's like an up, it's like an upgrade for Adeptus Astartes. Yeah, that, that's kind of how I'm thinking. But if they retain their Mechanicum faction, then now I've got to look at my allies matrix to see wh- who counts them as friendly units. Yeah, I don't think you have to do all that. I think they're Adeptus Astartes at that okay. point. What about assassins? Assassins go in your main detachment. Yeah, but you are buying them separately. Like, that's not an upgrade for Adeptus Astartes. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I, I think that needs kind of a clarification. So, like, uh, uh, Brethren of Iron, where you get uh, Mechanicum robots that don't get Legions Astartes. Do I have to figure out who can go with what unit? Do I lose leadership because I'm not friendly with a Mechanicum now? Personally, I think if you are taking them 
if something lets you take them in, like like a Forge Lord or a Rite of War lets you take them, they should count as Legions of Astartes. Right, right in your army, yeah. The assassins don't matter as much because they're treated as agents of the Imperial or agents of the War Master, so right. they're friendly no matter what. Right. That's less of a case. There's also like Salamanders. They get the one character who can like bring in a sister, like a. I tried finding it. I know that used to be a character. I couldn't find them. And I know they exist because I have it written in my uh, notes. But I double-checked. I don't know if they just removed that rule or move that character. It's a Salamander character that can bring in a Sisters of Silence? Yes. Yeah, either way, I think that situation... Now, that one doesn't matter because, again, they're cool with everybody. Yeah. I don't know if that's just a thing I'm misremembering, but I distinctly remember seeing it in the uh, new updated rules. I completely forgot about it until right now. It doesn't matter. They didn't clarify yeah, it, I'm it, guessing. It, yeah. No, they, they took all the information that was already there for factions, put it in one spot. I don't hate that, but it didn't answer any of the questions I had about it. Sad. It was like a weekend job. Yeah, there was a couple spelling mistakes and that bit with the armagers where they forgot to change mechanized to armagers that really made it feel kind of reactive. But man, it was so quick. I, I, think, I don't think it was reactive. I think it was just looks that way like a kid got it done over the weekend so i have this on my desk by friday it's faq so how much stuff do they increase points on or just points on oh there's a couple units the uh the main ones i looked at were the full mentaris the loki taurus storm squad also got a point bump okay just like a, a small one nothing too crazy uh tarantula guns are got tweaked a little bit I don't want to like go over like everything. They did bump up the attack bikes to being two wounds and two attacks. Oh, hell yeah. Usable. Yeah. As they should have been this whole time. Interesting. That definitely makes them usable at this point. Oh, yeah. They're still only, you know, toughness four. That's okay. Still. Uh, but what about the, I guess, I mean, that, that's, that's a definitely an interesting update there. Mm-hmm. They didn't touch uh, heavy support squads the last cannons. They only like errated the things in PDFs. Okay. So they didn't they didn't put any like rules updates to anything in the books. So but aside from like, hey, add this paragraph here. Hey, change the wording of this. They didn't like tweak points. They didn't do the only like balance updates was in the PDFs. So the the things in the books didn't really get balance updates. Aside from things like, oh, your more attack can go with us with a unit now. I was thinking the other day of like what could make them to where they don't nerf them so hard, but also takes off the aggressiveness of them. Yeah, what's up? Maxing five last cannons in a unit. That's what they did to Desolator, Desolation Marines in 40K. Yeah. Is Desolation Marines used to kind of just run the table. Oh, yeah. It was the same exact concept that you see right now that uh, his last, last cannons are doing. Mm-hmm. Except uh, it was a 10-man squad of Desolation Marines. They essentially could see you wherever you are. They had indirect fire as well, so just a little bit worse as well. Uh, and they would just annihilate whatever units they picked. Very similar to what Laskin. And what they did was they brought them down to a max squad of five. Yeah. And that really, really... There was not an auto-include in every list anymore. And it just said, okay, well, they're not bad... They're definitely a good unit to have, but they aren't winning every game for you anymore. So, so 
Would you apply that just to the last cannons? Only last cannons. Okay. Yeah, I don't see any problem with missile launchers. Missile launchers seem good. I would just say that, you know, max five last cannons and the heavy support. So what if everybody pivots to multi-meltas? Uh, well, you got to get... I mean, multi-meltas aren't kill you as soon as you're on the table. Nope. You got 24-inch range. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's what really makes last cannon so serious is the... That they threaten everything. Yeah. And we've harped on it a lot. You know, like, I don't want this podcast to only be I hate last cannons. But, like, truly, like, I think that would make a pretty significant difference to, okay. to like, limit it to five because that's not killing an entire unit. It's going to almost all the time kill a tank, but not not guaranteed at that point anymore. Just because stuff will still miss. Stuff is gonna still going to get saves, you know? I think, I think it's a good compromise to one-for-one one just nerfing stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. But anyway, now yeah, I was just I, curious. Yeah, this one, it, it very much felt like an FAQ, like, hey, here's some, some questions people are having. Also, people really don't like Fulmentaris. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, how did, like, how did Fulmentaris, like, get to, into G-Dub's radar? I don't know, man. Like, was freaking Andy Hoare playing a game? He goes, hey. And Matt Ward is like, no, these dudes are dope. He's like, well, I don't like that. And I'm going to show you how much I don't like that. Like, how did it get on their radar to nerf that? So, I don't know. Uh, the, the long-running joke here was that uh, Andy Hoare plays Ultramarines. Because the Fulmentaris are really good. Suzerain are really good. Lokitaris are good. They've just got some some real hard-hitting units. Right. But I, I'm not super upset about the nerf. They kind of needed something. They swung on them pretty hard. But, you know, it is what it is. Hmm. Well, all right. Well, good FAQ. Thank you for showing some love to Heresy J-Dub. Yeah, there, you missed a couple things. That's okay. At least you're trying. The, the, so the character the character wound bouncing is one thing I really, really want them to put in the next FAQ. Well, so apparently, I mean, Fulamentaris are on the radar. Caesarean's going to be on the radar next. Caesarean shouldn't come with line. If you take them as a uh, <laughs> command squad, they can take the Legion Standard, which gives them line. But they don't need it because they already have it. We should make a YouTube video. It's like, why are Caesarean so good? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> try making go viral. Out. It's it's a slippery slope from that to tier list, <laughs> dude. We should we should we <laughs> oh, should make God. tier list of everything that should get like nerfed. Oh. We should make tier list. If you're not taking this, it's like this is what I can do. This this auto include. Take this in your list. Last can squad. Suzerains. Start ultramarine. Like we'll just do tier list. <laughs> These are your S tiers. And then J, J, G Dub's gonna be like, oh, that's crazy. We need to start nerfing those guys. That might be the answer. Let's make let's do a tier list YouTube oh. video so that they will nerf what's on the tier list to get it playable again. I'm down, dude. I'm a hundred percent down. I'm like that's if we got to make a tier because somehow G Dub found out Fulamentaris were good. I don't know how. I don't know how they figured it out. I don't know if somebody was play testing at the Warhammer World and they were like, "They do that." Hey, this is the stat profile of a Thunderhammer, but it's twenty four inches. They're slinging it out there. They're just shooting Thunderhammers. They're just shooting Thunderhammers at people. I don't know how they figured it out, but they figured it out. Somehow it made it. So we just need to do. We need to start making. 
Horse heresy tier list. Again, the optics on this, this very much says that they're listening. Or, or, dude, I don't know. I don't know about that. I'm not saying that they are. I'm not saying that this is a reaction to the the Accountability Buddies FAQ push. I feel like it is. It looks like it is. And I think the best thing they can do is, like, try to ride that train. Be like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, we are listening, 100%. We, We care. And we are listening. We need to start making tier list videos <laughs> so that stuff can get balanced correctly. And then if we make like, this is an F tier and we start doing the big stuff, like this is F tier, Bane Blades. Bane Blades are F tier. They're like, well, we're not going to sell Bane Blades because they're F tier now. <laughs> stuff that we want to be able to use again, we'll make it F tier. And they're going to get mad because they're like, well, now people are getting told not to buy Bane Blades anymore. Because that's what's happening. Nobody's buying Bane Blades anymore because well, they were... Yeah. Who, who would buy a Bane Blade right now? That's what I'm saying. Are they good in 40K? No. Nobody uses Bane Blades. They use Rogel Dorns. I mean, they are trying to push Rogel Dorns. They're trying to sell that kit. That's what I'm saying. If I put Rogel Dorn in F tier, because Rogel Dorn's S tier right now. Mm-hmm. If Rogel Dorns were... Somebody on the internet said Rogel Dorn... If, we got with the Accountability Buddies podcast and uh, and like I have Horace and we started making F-tier videos. It's like, it, and nobody bought them anymore. We might be onto something. Spartans, F-tier. <laughs> All their new plastic kits. <laughs> Land Raiders, F-tier. Maybe. I don't, I don't know that I want to become that, but. I don't know. We could drive the whole the whole G dub. But now that we're talking about it, they're gonna hear it. So we have to play some we, reverse we, psychology. It only works if we do it with like our whole ass. Because if we half ass it, then it we it like worst case scenario we should get written off is like doing this clickbaity YouTube stuff. Well that's the plan. Is to we have to do clickbaity. Yeah. If it's if we're gonna swing into this, we have to swing into it the entire way. Like, we're talking clickbait, thumbnails, red circles, us just, like, pointing over our shoulder, making shocked faces. Sign me up. The whole, like, AI-generated, like, us, but with, like, exaggerated features and just caricatures. (laughs) uh, I just got my whole army destroyed. I bet you'll never guess by what. Uh -uh. (laughs) Yeah. I like to think this video sponsor Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> yeah, dude. Once we're sponsored by Raid, <laughs> that's how you know. That's how you know we made it. Man. But all right. Good. If you guys start seeing some S tier uh, uh, YouTube you start, videos. If you all start seeing some cringe content, uh, we're, we're taking that bullet just for you. Just, Just know that it was not a money grab. It's us trying to do you guys a favor. This is uh, I gotta I gotta fight the demon <laughs> or else I, I gotta, I've, gotta, I've gotta become the darkness to fight I, the darkness. I've gotta become the darkness. But mm. all right guys. Well yeah. that's it for this episode. Uh should be kind of back on normal track now. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you are enjoying your Christmas holidays or holidays in general. Yeah, hope you all had a good uh, November holidays season. And I hope you all enjoy y'all's winter holiday season. Yeah, yeah. So, hope that all works out for you guys. Thanks for listening. Love you guys. Kiss, kiss.